Hello, podcast listener. The App Guy podcast. Every Sunday and Thursdays. Straight from your host, Paul, the App Guy. Sharing his app entrepreneur journey with you for your enjoyment. The App Guy Podcast. And now, Paul, the App Guy. Welcome to another episode of the App Guy Podcast. I'm your host, Paul Camp, and it's my job to take you on a journey with other entrepreneurs, authors, app developers, business owners, people that are inspiring to me because they've been successful in what they do. Share some great content with us what we're doing. And I've got a great guest lined up today. His name is Sujin Patel and he lives in San Francisco. He is at a startup called Bridge.us and he's recently sold his former company Single Grain. Now Sujin's been an entrepreneur for all of his professional life and I have an interview coming up very shortly. The one thing I wanted to mention up front is that I did get uh, an interesting email that I wanted to share with you right now. Uh, this email is from an app developer. He's the founder of Greenstring and his name is Heath Armstrong. And he found me through the episode with Amber Ludwig, who introduced me to Heath. And it was just such a sincere email. Uh, he goes into great detail about uh, what he's currently doing uh, with his app design. Uh, I would go and encourage you to go and check out greenstring.com. That's greenstring.com. If you're an app developer and you think you could create a media exchange app, uh, that's what Heath is looking for. He's looking for collaboration with another app developer. So go and check out his website, get in contact with uh, Heath through that and uh, we'll stay in touch and see if anything comes of that. But in the meantime, let me switch over to the uh, recorded uh, interview that I did with Sujin. Yes, welcome to the App Guy podcast. I am your host, I'm Paul Kemp, and it's my job this evening to uh, take you on a journey, a journey with an entrepreneur that has uh, joined us this afternoon from all the way from San Francisco. We're really delighted to have Sujin Patel on uh, the as a guest uh, of the App Guy podcast. And let me just tell you how excited I am about this uh, episode. So, uh, he's an entrepreneur and an internet marketer and the founder of uh, Single Grain, which he sold recently in, in January. But he's gone and, and he's gone to work as a startup um, at Bridge. And um, we're going to learn a lot about that. But he's got loads of stuff going on with apps as well. So, Sujin, thank you for coming on the App Guide podcast with us uh, this afternoon, this evening. Um, we, it's a warm welcome to you. Yeah, thanks, Paul. Great intro. Um, and thanks for having me. Excited to be on here. We'd love to know a little bit about you. Um, perhaps you could tell us about um, you as an entrepreneur and give us a little bit of uh, background about how you got into it and uh, what led you down this path that you've taken. Sure. So I've been doing internet marketing um, my whole professional career. I've always been an entrepreneur. My parents um, both are, are business owners. So growing up, I've always had that kind of exposure, um, and I knew that you know my my career is going to be focused on entrepreneurship. So it kind of was in my blood or 
put in uh, kind of in my head early on. Um, so I, I founded Single Green about five years ago. It's an internet marketing agency um, focused on SEO, search search engine um, optimization, as well as pay-per-click, pretty much any way to drive traffic and revenue to a website. Um, I've also done a lot of other businesses along the way. You know, I, I, I'm the kind of person that likes to do things and learn the hard way through failure or, or success. And so I've had a lot of, uh, I've had a lot of both. Uh, fortunately, more success than, than failure. Um, recently, I joined a, a new startup called Bridge.us, an immigration company. It's kind of like the TurboTax of, of immigration using software to improve the, the immigration application and process. Uh, I'm also, um, I have ADD and I need to keep myself occupied. So I, I do a lot of different things and in, in from, from morning to, to, to sleep pretty much. Um, I'm also working on um, an app company. I have three apps out right now. Um, one's a photo editing app called Camaro. Another is a, um, a simple yet beautiful um, weather app called Rainly. And the last one is a, a, a word game um, called PixTheWord. Uh, these are just uh, my pilot apps. They're, they're all MVPs, meaning they're, they're the very minimum uh, product I think is needed to, to get out there. Um, so far, I had some pretty good success. I've also, through Single Grain, worked with companies like Zanga, Anki, Intuit, and Mint to, to help launch their app. So um, in, in starting this app venture, I wanted to test the marketing and development skills before I go full scale. Uh, yeah, so that's kind of me in a nutshell. Well, that's a lot going on there, and that you know, thanks for sharing that. So let's go into the apps. This is the App Guy podcast. We we love talking about apps. And what uh, what drew you to doing these three apps: the photo app, the weather app, and the uh, iOS war game app? Um, perhaps you can talk about how you got um, those apps up and running. Yeah, sure. So um, what I wanted to do getting into the app market. Well, one, I've always been fascinated with apps ever since, uh, you know, when iOS 2.0 came out and apps were allowed and ever since Android was out, there's always, you know, apps to make your life simple um, or easier, better, some way entertained. Um, I have a pretty long commute, uh, so I use apps and I use my phone and it's almost dead by the time I even get to work. So it's, it, I use it a lot. And so I wanted to do something to help make people's lives better, I think, fundamentally. Um, the reason I started with the apps I did was that I wanted to start with something very, very simple. There's a lot of apps that do a lot of different things. And that's great. But as a first-time app developer, um, I don't want to start too big. I don't want the, the, the problem I'm trying to solve to be greater than my ability to get there. So I started with something super simple. I actually, the first app, Camaro app, which is a photo editing app, I actually purchased through, um, through another, from another developer. Um, I wanted to just see and test my marketing skills. I realized I was able to test things like getting, what the effect on getting one down or one review is. Um, you know, what do I need to get momentum? So I literally tried all the different things um, that I've been doing throughout the years in internet marketing to try to get more downloads, try to get the app actually working. Because um, one thing uh, I learned early on was that, you know, there's two parts of, of app, um, 
or building and marketing an app. There's the building and development of it, which is very difficult, and the marketing of it, which is even more difficult. Um, and so I wanted to tackle one of those things. I started to tackle marketing first because I already know it. Um, it's something I can easier solve. Um, and then the other apps, I actually um, partnered up with the, a, a few different uh, developers to actually make. Um, so, but all of it's outsourced. I, I, I mean, outsourced in the sense that I have uh, you know, developers working on it. And um, again, we started with launching a minimal product that is good enough to launch. Um, the reason I chose these apps was based off its my the the my capabilities based off of how much of attraction uh, how much traction I can actually make in industry so for example I chose weather not because I'm passionate about weather or I love weather I've chose weather because it's a relatively not competitive industry with a lot of crappy apps um, so if I made a good app I can actually dominate and I'd rather be the best of a small thing than be okay or decent at a big thing. Um, the reason I chose the the game, the word game, uh, called Pixta Word, is mainly because I love, I fell in love with the game. Um, I, I, it's based off of Instagram hashtags, and it shows you pictures and you have to guess the game. I really like the concept. There's also proven concepts like Pixta Word, words with friends, you know, word games that are relatively or very popular. So I figured let's give that a chance. So that was kind of a Hail Mary approach. Um, that's my latest app. So I'm still working on promoting it. But but yeah, I mean, it, it, it's really, I really chose it based off of marketing. That's wonderful. I mean, I, I bet you all those three apps are way more complex than the ones that I've done. I've done about 80 of them as well. And I just kind of like build these things and forget about the marketing. So I'd love to go through the marketing aspect of some of these apps as well. Um, but I'm thinking of two things. As you were talking, I was thinking of a, a recent episode that was an, a meet, an interview with Samuel Hulick, who um, does teardowns of apps. So he actually goes through and works on the usability of the app. Uh, he, he's gone and done teardowns for uh, apps like WhatsApp. And, and try to figure out why it works so well and why it got such a huge user base and, and ultimately why it ended up selling for 19 billion. So he does these teardowns. And I guess that's what you're doing a little bit of as well in terms of experimenting with your apps and just trying to figure out the user experience and, and what makes a, you know an app really good and easy to use and, and ultimately something that people talk about and download and tell all their friends and and help with the marketing is what what are you finding with the apps what are there any themes that are coming out in terms of things you're changing th things you're noticing in terms of behavior on the use of the apps so the biggest thing i'm seeing is that people are downloading a lot of new apps there's exploration is is great um people are not so scared or hesitant to download so the conversion rate of uh, of apps is, is great but uh, it's hard to get people to come back to the app there's, you know, so many, people have so many apps, there's folders, it gets buried. You got to make some, you got to make it compelling enough for them to return, to come back. Um, I've gotten, you know, 50,000 downloads to one of my apps in the last few weeks. And, and uh, I didn't anticipate figuring out a way to, to get people back. Um, so it's, it's something that 
even though it's a weather app, I figured people were going to constantly use it. Um, I didn't build any push notifications because I wanted to keep it simple. Um, very, you know, 10, 20% of the people that actually downloaded it came back. So it's something to keep in mind that you need to get people to come back and actually use your app on an ongoing basis. Um, since I focus my, you know, like you mentioned, the teardown, I focus more of the teardown on the marketing efforts. For example, you know, what made a game so popular? What mark? What kind of timelines or things in the in the in the in the history of the app really made it go explosive? What made it go viral? What made it, you know, what made it get those millions of users and sell for, you know, the hundreds of millions of dollars? Um, and the, the one basic thing is the apps were always beautiful looking. The functionality was there, but more importantly, the design. And that's something that's very important for new app developers. Don't, you know, try small, but make it beautiful. Yeah. And uh, the episode I did with uh, Greg Vodica, who talks about millennials, uh, he talked about making an app wildly useful. He, ma- he mentioned those words, wildly useful. And you've just reinforced that. Uh, view of course you know when we're um, building these apps on a bootstrap budget then it it becomes a little bit more of a challenge and i think a lot of the people listening would would definitely agree that we we perhaps spend a bit too much time on the app itself and not enough time on on the marketing and figuring out how to actually uh, get people to download it and fall in love with it so i'll tell you what i was interested in as well you mentioned that you bought one of the apps um about a year ago i set up a marketplace uh, for people to buy and sell uh, apps and um it didn't go anywhere it was a bit of a failure but it was the idea that i loved how how did you go about buying an app from another developer yep so pretty much what i did was i went through the various categories on the app stores um i chose kind of which ones i wanted based off the impact i could make and i contacted all the apps uh, from position 51 to the, to the complete bottom that I thought had some potential, um, either had the functionality I wanted, was simple, had a good design, had some maybe decent reviews. You know, essentially looking at the, the app as, a, as an investment, uh, if I can fix this, you know, fix it up and, and kind of do some marketing, will I be able to um, promote it? Will it do well? Uh, does it have a unique angle? Uh, I was really looking for things that are very, very simple because I'm a very simplistic kind of person and I wanted to to reduce as much friction as possible to prevent it from marketing. Um, So I literally manually contacted developers. Um, After contacting a ton of developers, I got good responses and then I'd take a look deeper at the app, but I also stumbled upon a site called Apptopia. Apptopia is a great place to buy and sell apps. Um, there's a lot of Me Too apps on there, so um, you'll find thousands of Flappy Bird wannabes, but you'll, there, you'll, you may find some kind of needle in the haystack apps that are really good. I've actually talked to a handful of people through there. Um, I've actually found some developers that are great through there. I didn't end up buying their app, but I ended up working with them to build some apps. So um, great place to, to go for, for developer or people that are interested in, in getting started in the app world, but don't have development skills. That's great advice. I'm, I'm going to put a lot of the things that you're mentioning in the show notes. So if you're listening and trying to write this down, uh, just go along to onemob.com. That's O-N-E-M-O-B.com and hit the podcast. Find uh, Sujin Patel, his episode, and all the show notes will be on there and a link to Aptopia and other things that you've mentioned. And so um, I love Aptopia. Uh, ironically, I was um, 
uh, first to market with um, a marketplace that was buying and selling apps. And I had a handful of people doing it. Then I lost my investment from uh, Saudi Arabia. I had some investment money uh, to, to do this project. And that fell through and, and it failed. Um, but I, I love watching Aptopia. And it's almost, for me, it's like uh, what could have been. <laughs> because I think they've done a lot of business and they're really um, the flipper for apps, which I knew was coming. Uh, and certainly Apple have made it easier now to buy and sell apps. Um, I'm not sure when you bought this, but uh, it's a lot easier now in the Apple developer uh, console to buy and sell apps. Uh, so, so in the pre-chat we had, you mentioned working with Zynga as well. That sounds interesting. Perhaps you could just expand on uh, that, that, how that came about. Yeah, so I mean, my company, Single Grain, has been you know, helping other, mostly you know, internet companies, get more traffic. And um, essentially, Zenga had, had emailed me, and you know, we, were, we were talking about helping their web, web properties to try to get more downloads. This is the time where they had uh, Facebook games or better you know, actual web um, games that you could play. And um, we had started conversations through there, and, and they said, hey, can you help us with our mobile? We, we gave them a ton of pointers. We, we helped them with the launch of their poker game. Now, I can't take all the credit. They have great games, and they're a big, big studio, so they have a lot of money and backing to, to the game. So a lot of what they do, they could throw anything at the wall and still have a good chance of working. But we, we did help. You know, help them get millions of, of downloads in the beginning using various um, either paid search metrics as well as SEO tactics. That sounds really good. I've um, in a future episode, I'm going to be talking with uh, an expert who is uh, into search engine optimization for app stores, and I just throw it out there because I wondered if you've ever come across anyone who's specialising in uh, optimising uh, apps for position in the app stores um you know i've talked to a lot of people and that's another that's another thing i want to make sure i mention i've used clarity.fm to find other successful app developers and app marketers to to just pick their brains they charge by the hour and i just spent 30 30 minutes to an hour with them you know it, it cost me a few hundred dollars in total but it was the best two you know a few hundred dollars i've spent because i learned from all their success their mistakes um, and, and, and it was great. I mean, between that and my hands-on experience, as well as my re, you know hundred hundred hours of research, um, I felt like I was equipped to 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 launch apps. So, well, that's great advice, uh, Sujin. So uh, I have actually downloaded Clarity. I'm having some problems with it at the moment. It keeps crashing on me. I don't know whether it's because it's the UK, um, but I, I can't wait to use it because if I could get access to uh, those experts who can share with us their failures and successes, then um, that's going to be great. So that's the app clarity. Uh, we're indie app developers. Perhaps one one of the other things in the the time we have left, Sujin, is uh, that you mentioned that you um, sold your uh, business in January, and uh, you know as we, we are building app businesses. Uh, we would love some insights into how actually how you went about getting a sale for your business. Um, I think that would be incredibly valuable to to learn that process from you. Yeah, sure. I mean, when with the sale of Single Green, I actually ended up selling it internally um, to my my other partners. Uh, so Single Green is still up and running. Um, you know, I, I've been doing 
internet marketing at, or I've been doing single grain at, for five years and it, it's been a long journey. Was, I built it up from nothing to a uh, little under three million in revenue the, you know, at the time of the sale. Um, what I did was, I mean, I really just talked to other agencies that were either similar, not necessarily similar size, but doing something similar uh, to me as well as bigger companies, kind of like talking to them to build a relationship and seeing if they would be interested in potential acquiring acquiring single grain um, with me as still the kind of leader of it. And I also talked to my partners and, and said, hey guys, like, uh, I think I'm ready to move on to the next thing. Let's, let's, are you guys interested in owning more, um, you know, more of the company? Um, if I wanted to sell it to, to other companies, either a larger ad, advertising agency or a larger company that would want to absorb it, us for the skill set, um, that would be a longer term play. Uh, I didn't want to wait. It's something that I think I've been doing for a long time, so I ended up selling internally just because of the speed. Uh, also because I knew that my partners would would actually keep the company and a lot of the values intact. So my goal in selling single grain is actually not to, to make money. Um, it's actually to, to make sure that everyone there, the clients, the company that I started and put a lot of blood, sweat, and tears um, into remained intact and the morals and kind of values stayed there. That's such an interesting observation, the fact that, you know, this is your baby. You, you grew it and, uh, alongside your founders. And uh, I do believe that, you know, we do have these exit strategies of trying to sell our businesses. And one of the things we kind of neglect is... Uh, the fact that we don't want to be tied down to uh, any lock-ins that a new owner may uh, impose because they know that the founders are the value of the business. And if you lose uh, the founders, the business tends to die out after a while anyway. So they have these lock-ins, I believe, uh, to, to you know, ranging from a year to, to two years and longer. And so you sound, it sounded like you didn't want to get tied up with that. So um, and, and given that your goal wasn't purely um, money, that you, you decided to keep it going and sell it to partners. So, what was it like working with partners? Would um, you know, many of us are solopreneurs and working on our own businesses? Is it advisable to uh, actually have a, a marriage and a partnership? Um, I think it's great. Um, so, I started my own. Comp- I started Single Grain, and I've started most of my companies by myself. Um, but it wasn't until I got a partner for Single Grain. I actually, we, I, I merged with another business, and of a, that's a friend of mine, uh, about three years ago. And, you know, we became partners, um, and it's been great. I think it's it, it helps a lot when you have somebody else to help you. Uh, kind of sometimes it's just for moral support. Other times it's actually just put the workload. I mean, I think of I've had you know you've always had those ideas whether you're like in the middle of the night or kind of while you're taking a shower or having your morning coffee. And it's, it's great, you know, maybe you can run with it, but sometimes you need to sit on it or validate it. Um, and it's great to have a partner to help do that, but also um, to divide and conquer. Myself, uh, at Single Brain, I was, you know, the CEO. That means I was just, in, in the beginning when it's a five person, three, three person or 10 person company, I was the one doing HR. I was the one throwing out the trash. I was making sure the clients were getting results. I was also managing the employees, doing all the sales calls, the invoicing. And, and my, when bringing on a partner, 
you know, I got to split up the workload. Now, that doesn't mean I get to do half as much. It means I get to put double the energy into doing the half of the work, which means the quality of work got a lot better. That means I was able to focus a lot more on managing and actually help grow our employees' skill sets faster, um, help them progress faster, which means our clients get a better result. So I, I always recommend going in with a partner, but make sure your values and kind of your end goal or long-term kind of maybe one-year or five-year goals are lined up. And, you know, I prefer, there, there's no wrong way to kind of do a partnership, but I prefer to partner with somebody that has different skill sets than you. You need to make sure you guys align, but um, you don't need two developers um, unless you're building something very, very complex. It would be great to have a developer and maybe a marketing person or a developer and maybe a designer. You know, just kind of mixed uh, bag of, of skill sets would be great. Yeah, I, I really appreciate you sharing that because uh, that you know it's often something that uh, I ask myself. I've worked with partners in the past and working currently on my own and uh, you know with a, a team of uh, uh, people uh, remotely and kind of weigh up sometimes the benefits of actually having a bringing a, in another founder but we have uh, a few minutes left now I wanted to save the this till last because it's the the fun part uh, where we talk about uh, apps you're living in one of perhaps the best places in the world to have a smartphone and you say that you, you get to the office and your battery's almost died because you're using it so much. What's it like using a smartphone in San Francisco? And perhaps we can dig out your phone and, and have a, a talk through some of the apps that you're using in your day-to-day -day life. Yeah, sure. Um, well, one, it's, it's great. Um, just the whole culture and the environment is, is amazing. It's very inspiring just to do better. Um, not necessarily um, yourself, but maybe just make the world better through technology is kind of my envision of what, or what my version of what I see San Francisco. Um, you know, to get into kind of my apps that I like, uh, one of my favorite apps is actually um, email. Um, so email is the most part of communication that I use every single day. Um, I use this app called Accompli. It's currently in beta. Uh, my, one of my friends actually is um, one of the founders, it's, and, and he gave me early access to it. The, the app is great because it lets me, it's, it's all of email, calendar, contacts, everything in one app. So if I'm trying to schedule a meeting, I can actually, within my email, within the email, within the app, pull in the days I'm free, and it pulls it in almost like, a, like little modules so the reci recipient could just click and they would essentially be able to say, hey, this is the time I'm free. And so it makes, it, it, it's a more powerful, robust email. And that's by far my favorite app at the moment. Well, I'm loving the sound of that app and uh, I can't wait for it to come out. Of, of, and this is where the part where I'm really uh, depressed that I don't live in San Francisco because it takes sometimes uh, one or two years for these things to actually find their way out of the US and sometimes out of beta. And uh, uh, I love the idea of that. That's one obviously uh, running a podcast. One of my biggest pain points is scheduling, and uh, the ability to do that within the mail app would be uh, really good. So I'm going to make a note of that and uh, keep an eye out for it for when it uh, eventually hits uh, the app store and we can all download it. Uh, any others that you've got that you just can't live without? 
Yeah, my second favorite app is If This Then That, IFTTT. Um, <laughs> but, but anyways, I love it. Um, it gives me the, the functionality that I've had on my uh, computer for, for a while now, but um, I use it with my other apps. So for example, I am very active on Twitter. I, 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 that's how I share the news. It's kind of how I absorb news as well. Um, and I don't always have time to read the things people are posting immediately. Um, so I use IFTT to any tweet that I send out or any tweet that um, I actually retweet will then get posted, the website will get posted into my Feedly. So it's almost like every time I read an article, it's expanding my, the breadth of information I would take up in the future. So Feedly keeps growing, I get to learn more, I get to kind of my world gets bigger and bigger as I find new sites. Um, and it's, it's great, that's just one of the simple ways I use that to kind of uh, help kind of explore, broaden up my world of, uh, of information. That's wonderful. That's IFTTT. And yeah, we actually do get that one uh, over here. And um, I'm thankful for it. And I love the way you're using that uh, to get into your uh, mail app. Before we say goodbye, uh, is there any other thing you would like to say to the uh, audience and perhaps just part some of your wisdom? What, what would you say to those people who are perhaps um, just starting out or just wanting to um, join a startup? So I'll kind of close with a few bits of information and advice I learned the hard way or, or lessons I learned the hard way. Um, make sure you're tracking everything. Um, start small, meaning the app idea is really small. Um, and make sure you properly plan everything. With, with apps, timing is everything. Apple and Google both want to see velocity in a short period of time, a couple days. So make sure you plan all your efforts and marketing it all within those days. Um, spreading it out is gonna get you nowhere because uh, it needs to work in conjunction with each other. Um, and, and again, it is very possible as long as you plan everything right. That, that means from the release of the app to the release of your press release, the start of your ads or any outreach you're doing to get reviews and make sure you in the beginning, I mentioned tracking. Make sure you track everything and, and you know what's working and what's not, more importantly. They are great uh, words of wisdom. And yeah, I'm sure that people will love to be able to try and reach out to you. Uh, what's the best way of doing that? How best can we get in touch with you? Um, I'm very responsive through email. I have a lot more. Um, I, I learn by helping and giving advice. Um, forces me to kind of go beyond my world. So I'm always open for an email, sujitsu at gmail.com. Paul, you can uh, post that link up later as well. Um, or through Clarity, if it's a, you know, if it's a more in-depth advice that you're looking for or um, a longer conversation, I'm always available through clarity.fm. Great. Well, I'll put those links on the show notes. And it just leaves me to say, uh, Sujin Patel, it's been a very great pleasure to um, have this time with you this afternoon. Um, enjoy San Francisco, and uh, we would love to track your progress with uh, the startup Bridge. Uh, recommend people go and check that out, bridge.us. And it just leaves me to say thank you very much and, and, and all the best for your apps, and we would love to have you back when you've, you've got some others to promote. Yeah, thanks, Paul. It's been great talking to you, and have a good one.